from the corporate cage she's a rookie to the stage coming from the outside outside familiar with the set she's a theater vet willing to be my guide Lights, what sound what? it's time for huh? the show What's places happening? places and ready go right. make the words fly off of the page stage right. inspire you to get up on the stage stage right Please show me the way Stay Come right. on, girl, let's play. Stay right. Yay, yay. Go ahead and take a nice sip. How's oh, that? Oh, that burns. How's oh, that throat coat? Deep, deep down. All the way down. <laughs> oh, no, did it like really burn you? Oh, no, it was too hot. I just, it, <laughs> it doesn't burn in a way that I feel like my skin is frying. Mm-hmm. It burns in a way that from inside out, my mm. body is uncomfortable. Is that a good thing or a bad I, thing? I'm I not know. sure. We're talking about throat coat in case you didn't catch it. <laughs> Lindsay is nursing a, a lovely little mug of tea over there yes. for her little strained little baby vocal cords. We got to take care of those. Cords. We got to take care of those little guys. We got to hydrate them and put that throat coat on there. So welcome to, uh, oh, there she, there she is over there. That's Lindsay. <laughs> That's Morgan. And welcome to Stage, Stage Right. right. Podcast. <laughs> Season two. This is episode five. five. And this episode, as we said last week, this is a, a two-parter in the closet. It is 9.30 almost on a Monday night. And here we sit. Feeling good. Feeling alive. Feeling good. Feeling a little toasty in here. Yep. The we, hot tea is not helping that. We got a hot tea, a hot closet. <laughs> And two hot ladies. That's right. Two hot ladies ready to bring you. Morgan gave us a shimmy there. I was shimmying. (laughs) I was full out dancing. We are ready to bring you the hits. Ready to bring you some amazing podcastness. Mm -hmm. Last week we talked about Lindsay's tech experience with Peter and the Starcatcher, as well as answered a lot of y'all's Q&As. We're going to get to the second half of the Q&As today at the end of this episode. But first... Uh, any shout outs for this episode, Lindsay? What you got? Let's see. Mm. Let's shout out my family that came to the show. Yes. town. Let's shout out the co-worker who filmed <gasps> basically the whole second act. Oh my God. I'm aware they're not supposed to do this. Oh my God. But I'm walking down the halls today. This is Monday. At work? Yes. We, on Monday, <gasps> he came on the Saturday matinee. And I hear myself talking, and he just holds up his phone, and he goes, look what I have. So then he proceeds to have all the oh people my. near us watch, watch like, five, five minutes of me chopping my hand off. It was, oh, he, that scene was amazing. He, he showed them that scene. He showed them the best scene where you chop he, your own hand off. He was just oh, laughing. Yes. He said, I'm so sorry. I just, I wanted to film a little bit of it, and then I couldn't stop. What's his name? His name is Scott. Shout out, Scott. I have to second that. The scene where she chops off her own hand. Oh my god, I died. I died. I was, I was because it's so obvious. The thing about Peter and the Starcatcher is it's not like you're trying to really it's, it's pull off the illusion yeah. that somebody's hand has been cut off. No, she she just puts her hand up in her jacket and is walking. Oh, it was it was beautiful, Lindsay. I think one of the every nights, moment. It may have been the first night. When I, I tried to put my hand in, and my hand was, like, still kind of showing. You see it. So my scene partner was great. He grabbed my hand. He's like, oh, like, your poor hand. Like, ah, you're my captain. A good scene partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's kind of hard to maneuver the jacket oh, when you're crouched. 
It was a great jacket. We'll get into that, get into that in a second, but that was a fantastic jacket. Well, okay. Shout out Scott. Who else? What you got? Let's see. Who else? Uh, the whole cast, uh, I think I shouted them out last time, but, uh, like I said, I, I felt so honored to be on the stage with all of them. Mm -hmm. They were so talented and they were so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And we talked in earlier episodes, just how believable I felt they were in in everything that they did. Truthful. And, it, I feel like it challenged me to try to match that. And mm. so I felt like I grew as a performer and, and as a oh, person. for sure. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I will second that. Very talented cast. If you're not familiar with Peter and the Starcatcher, it is a true ensemble show in that the actors are often creating the set pieces. The actors are creating the setting. The actors are... T- uh, there isn't really a set in this production. The script is pretty specific about that. And so you really have to rely on your ensemble. Everyone's pretty much on stage most of the time. Of course, some of the the roles are quote unquote bigger than others, meaning they have more text, but there was some live uh, live music elements in yeah, your production. There, yeah, there's no small role. No. It, it, it all, and it all happens so fast. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite compliments came from my dad, who I always describe mm-hmm. as being generally unenthusiastic like, <laughs> i just mean he's not the kind of person who gets excited about right everything sure so when he's excited so when he about does. something it's a win it's a victory we earned it and we mm-hmm. should cherish it mm-hmm. uh, but after the show he said i just wish i could watch it again multiple times because i there's so many jokes i know i miss so many of them so then like that evening and then the next day he would say hey that at one time you said something about this and, and everyone laughed I, I think i missed it what, what was that joke and so i would say it for me he said oh i get yeah. He'd remember <laughs> like, it. He just oh. remembers, like, oh, I missed that because everyone was laughing. I didn't hear part of it. Mm-hmm. Or I was laughing at something else. Or I was, like, there's a lot of things going on on the stage. So I was focused on one yep. thing. I didn't notice something happening over yes. here that people laughed at. So it was, I, I thought that was a fun compliment. But yes. I, I just wish I could see it over and over because I know that I missed stuff and I wish I could have seen it all. Well, and depending on the night you saw it, often the script is written. I mean, you're right. It's like, one, it's like zing, 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 zing. It's like yeah. there's so many jokes right in a row that a lot of times, depending on the audience that you're seeing it with, you may lose something. And, and we both know that every performance is unique. Mm-hmm. And each audience reacts to different lines, different ways. Yeah. So yeah. good on your dad. It means he was listening. It means exactly. he was paying attention. He was. So shout out to Lindsay's parents. Um, oh, and shout out on behalf of the whole cast to Kitty. To Kitty. Oh, the cat. The stuffed kitty. The yes. stuffed kitty. That cat went through it. it. It did. No real animals were harmed in this production. Only stuffed Only ones. Only stuffed ones. And we still love Kitty. Which, I mean, they have feelings, too. They do, of course. Don't tell eight-year-old me otherwise. Ask the Velveteen Rabbit, am I right? I remember countless hours alone in my room playing with my Beanie Babies. Of course! Multiple voices, personalities. Of they course. went through a lot together. As any uh, early aughts, <laughs> late 90s child yes. was wont to do, our they Beanie Babies... they would be babies, worth a fortune one day! That was my retirement, <laughs> I'll tell you. That Beanie Baby collection was everything, and where are they now? No I'd, one knows. I remember... Do you remember when they had the teeny Beanie Babies at McDonald's? Of course, at McDonald's! We had freezer... Like a freezer full of Happy Meals because my mom would go buy them to get the different. But I tell you, the Happy Meals. Yes, that's smart. And I tell you, it was the joy of my little life. I loved those. Of course, do you still have them? 
I think they're in a bag somewhere. Actually, no, we donated them uh, in college. I went on with a group on a trip to Africa, and Mm -hmm. we donated all them to, like, an orphanage there. We're like, this is a better use. (laughs) They're going to a great home. (laughs) Bye-bye, Beanie Babies. May May these bring you half the joy that I had out of them. There you go. Those Beanie Babies are blessing people all over the world. That's right, they are. Oh, that's funny. Okay, cool. Any more shout-outs from the performance weekends? Uh, amazing cast, amazing crew, amazing director. Oh, oh, I have to shout-out a cast member who prefers to only be known as Tuna. What? He played, he played a tuna in the Mermaid song, when we are all fish that became mermaids. Sure. And One we, of my favorite moments in the show. Yes. He has been uh, listening to the podcast. <gasps> he... He has found your guidance very helpful. He uh, it, uh, he plays multiple characters in the show, and he um, <laughs> and he, each one of them has a beef with my character in some way. <laughs> so it, as the tuna character, we we fought during the mermaid scene, and it was like dance fighting, sure. which is the best type of fighting, of course, stylized fighting. Yes. yes. Uh, so he wanted to be shout out, but he only wanted to be known as. Tuna. <laughs> so tuna. shout out to you, Tuna. Tuna, I love it. Thanks for listening. And also with Tuna, I'll just give him a compliment because uh, one of my friend's fathers, the same one who came, I can't remember if I was already telling you, sorry listeners if I'm repeating myself, uh, that he, he did theater when he was in college yeah. and now, he's a bit older now, but he still respects it. He knows a lot about it. And so when he got done, he said the, the, the gentleman who played uh, the tribal leader, fight, Fighting Prawn is the character's name. He said he, he had such excellent delivery of his lines. Mm-hmm. He said I was so impressed by the way he did it. I could just tell he was so experienced in, in, in his craft. Mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed by that. And I, I, it was such a thoughtful compliment that I, I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell him. <laughs> he was great. If that's yeah. who we're talking about, yes. he was fantastic. Yes. He made me laugh. <laughs> He's so funny and so much fun. I, I had so much fun in rehearsals. And he, he was so helpful to me as far as... Uh, giving me just theater tips, mm-hmm. especially as I will talk about, started to lose my voice. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, mm-hmm. hey, don't do this. Or do, like uh, giving me tips and tips with props and just general tips yeah. in, in life. That's great. Uh, I feel like he was really helpful and he didn't have to be. So I always appreciate it when people go out of the ways to help me not look like an idiot. <laughs> That's amazing. Shout out, Tuna. Tuna. Way to help. Tuna. Tuna. Way to help Lindsay. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, cool. Uh, I'm trying to think. Any shout outs? I'm going to uh, say again this week, thanks to any students who submitted questions for the Q&A. Yes. So shout out to you. I'll also shout out Kelton. I'm just, I'm eventually going to shout out the whole cast. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, had, not sorry. You probably, it was probably the only thing you remember from the show because it was the most glorious. There's a scene <sighs> where in the background we are hoisting... Well, we're moving a rope. We're hoisting a sail, running a cable down the chrome is the line. <laughs> we don't know, but we are so enthusiastic about it. You love it. it. And I will remember forever staring into Kelton's eyes while we scream the lyrics to the song and moving the imaginary rope down the chrome. Mm. And But the, <laughs> my favorite part of that is we were rehearsing it, you know, multiple times. And at one point I said, you know, I don't know about you, but when I am in the scene... I am Jack, is it Jack Dawson in Titanic? Yes. Before he goes to America? Yes. Uh, that's the scene that's happening? That's and you. I just won my ticket at this moment. <laughs> and he, his response, without hesitation, was, that's exactly what I've been thinking this whole time. He's like, I have been on the first scene of Titanic this whole time. You were both Jack Dawson <laughs> and Titanic. It's fate. You were meant to be buddies. It, it was hilarious. 
So shout out Kelton. Yes. And then of course, shout out to Avery, who was another kind of my spirit animal yes. of this show. Played I, Molly. Yes. She was so helpful with, uh, she helped gave me some videos on kind of vocal warm ups to help yes, me since I do a lot great. of screaming and, um, just general advice at all. I feel like, uh, no question was too dumb, and I always appreciate, like I said, people who are willing to help me. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Because I need help. Avery, shout out! I met Avery. She came to see Mamma Mia, my production yes. of Mamma Mia. Sweet, and we sweet loved girl. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, y'all were fangirling out hard. <laughs> so shout out to Avery. Uh, yeah, shout outs check. And I also have a shout out to David who played Mrs. Bumbreak. Of course, and I've got a special treat for you that I'll I'll bring up. In between one of our topics. David? I know David. David and I took a class together yes. before. So shout yes. out to David. He, uh, so he helped me, as did other people, work on speaking from the diaphragm. We would Yay, warm good. up. And from our warm up came, became, or was, was birthed mm-hmm. a wonderful joke that we think is hilarious. Oh, that, we love uh, the good cast yes. inside joke. Yes. Now, ladies and I will bring everyone into the inside, but not yet. I'm going to make you wait for it. And I'm going to say ahead of time, I could be wrong, <laughs> completely willing to be wrong, but it may, I'm going to warn the audience, it may be one of those things that the cast thinks Oh, it's thinks not it's funny, funny for anyone else. And no Absolutely. one else will this think This is 100% <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay. We're fully aware. No I have a recording will. for you. Oh my God, I can't wait. And this is for me. I can't wait. You guys, there's a, there's a fast forward button on all these apps. They don't yeah. have to listen. You don't like it. Skip ahead. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to like it. You're going to love it. So thanks. Because I love it. There we go. That's it. That's all there is to it. What's <laughs> should, up? What's I next? I should have come in here pretending like it was the funniest thing no matter what. And then, and then I would just, just to like see your it. reaction. And then that I would have been I would fun. pretend to like it is probably what I would have done. Yeah. You're too nice. I know. Okay. So diving right in. Let's or did go. you have more shout outs? No, I got no more shout outs. I want to hear about your, so your shows and I want to talk about what I thought about the show too. So I can't. At some point. Um, so one of the things I meant to talk about on the last episode, but I, but I forgot, hmm. uh, going back to monologue and talking about our character development and tactics. Sure. We talked about what does the character want and how and they in get the it. scene they want something specific and they have tactics for how they get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avery. Uh, would help, we'd get there early sometimes, she'd help me just run lines. Yeah. And so I was holding her script one day while she was doing her lines. So like, and I had saw she had written tactic one, tactic two, tactic three on her monologue. I thought, mm-hmm. this is just, this is literally days after we <laughs> talked about it. I thought, this is what Morgan was talking this is about. it. And it was cool to see how she applied it. And then when I would watch her do the scene, I could, I could see how mm-hmm. she would change as she went from one, okay, that didn't work. Okay, to here. Mm-hmm. And I watched it kind of come to life. So I was like, okay. I, I'm going to go do oh, this. Oh, great. So then, then I eventually sent you the photo of, of me uh-huh. doing it with my monologue. But I feel like it really helped. And it was a mm-hmm. scene that our director had uh, continuously. It was me and the person who plays Peter. They had kept giving me the note that there needs to be more urgency in this mm-hmm. scene. The ship is falling apart. But and it is kind of a weird scene because the ship is falling apart. And there's a scene where we're talking. Mm-hmm. And then and it go, kind of goes back to chaos. So it's, it's thrown in there. But he was like, you can't let the energy die. Uh-huh. Um, so the tactic thing really helped yes. for me because it helped me. It changed how I was delivering the lines when yep. I had a different intent. Yep. I had three different intents instead yep. of just one the whole time. So yep. it gave, I think, some, maybe some, I'll say, levels to the scene of energy. Of I'm Yeah, you had way, something to do. Yeah. You had something to to actually do. And it's it's so... 
almost relieving for a character when they, or no, not for a character, excuse me, for an actor, when they start to understand what tactics can do for you, you don't have to stand up there and all your worries of how do I look? How do I sound? How do I, this, they kind of go away when you're playing an action. Yeah. Yeah. Like if your action is to hammer Peter, which, or, or to smooth, to coax, to repel right all those are very different and the line will be delivered differently yeah based on which one you pick yeah and i think in in this scene i'm trying to basically convince peter to give me a trunk that i think is full of treasure Mm -hmm. that's the intention and so i i tried to make it build as far as first i befriend yep then i entice yes recruit yep then i lose patience and it escalates to a fight Mm -hmm. um so that helped me and i would try in my uh, routine before the show and I would go through my stuff. I had the tactics written on the that part for the scene. So it would be Ooh, good. this scene and then my tactics. Befriend, entice, recruit. Befriend, entice, recruit. Lose patience. <laughs> so I think it, it at least it helped me. And then I stopped getting that note. So either Ryan gave up or it worked. So we'll never know. <laughs> no, it's great. And I totally, I totally saw those things coming through in your monologues and I was really proud of you for that. Can I, I'm going to nitpick on one that you just did though. Okay. I'm going to ask you to, to get a little more specific about it. Cause okay. I love entice, befriend was the lo- enti- Rec- recruit. recruit because I'm trying to get him to love join it. me in my pirate world. Love it. Love all that. Lose patience is the one I'm going to ask you to hone a little bit. Okay. Because when you did lose patience audience, you couldn't, or listener, you couldn't really see. She like made a gesture with her hand and her eyes got really big and she went, lose patience, and, like, made this gesture with her hand. So I would say the action, yes, you are losing your patience, but is it's a lot more playable to play, like, to snap, to uh, explode, to yeah. erupt, to yeah. burst, right? A more actionable, more emotion, emotion-filled word, yeah. Emotion-filled or a more action-based word, oh, okay. right? To lose patience, yes, to lose is a verb, but to burst is an active yeah. verb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens, the emotion follows, yeah, right? Yeah. You're not picking an emotion. Yeah. You're picking an action, and the emotion will happen as a result. Yeah, yeah. So, but really, you got it. I'm not, I'm not in any way uh, saying you couldn't execute, because you definitely did. I just was picking a little no, no, bit on the yeah. lose patience one. Um. Yay, yay, yay. Go Avery, go actions. So you you got into the shows, six performances, two weekends. Talk, let's talk about your voice. I kind of want to I kind of so, want to dig into that so we've been talking week, around it. Yes, yeah, so the first week um when we had tech and we did dress rehearsals. Mm-hmm. We did run-throughs. Tuesday, Wednesday, <sighs> Thursday, then shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's six days in a row. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Mm-hmm. I I, when I got to the last day, I could tell, oh, vocal rest will be helpful, but I never had to consciously think about it during the show. Well, that's great. Yeah. So I, I was getting a little cocky. I'm thinking, man, I, I'm so good at talking with my diaphragm that I don't have any pain. Oh no. I'm so great at this. Oh no. So then we have vocal rest. Friday night comes. I, I do not understand it. Like it was gone. I, my voice was squeaky at times. It was high. I know it was hard to hear. And it was so frustrating because I felt like then a lot of my focus was just on trying to get the words out instead of acting and really playing in the character. So I, that's the show you attended. And that's why I told you I felt like it was my absolute worst one. Aww. Uh, just because I like, 
I was like, people probably can't hear me. So mm-hmm. it probably wasn't enjoyable for that regard. And then because I wasn't able to project what I normally could, I wasn't sure if I was emoting, if, if the, if my emotions were coming across through my voice the way I sure. hoped that they would. But, and I was talking with Ryan after the show, I, was, I, I don't know what happened. Like, I felt fine. I thought I was in the clear after all this rest. Mm-hmm. The last three days, it's way better than having the six day, uh, days in a row. Right. I thought I was fine. But it's like you got cold. Yeah. He made, he made, he's like, well, you conditioned your body. Uh-huh. And, then, and then then you reverted back to old habits. Well, 100% because mm-hmm. whatever I did did not work. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. I did not, I mean, I did not in any way notice you feeling off in that way. Yeah. Um, there were times, I will say, yes, there were times that I noticed some tension. Um, like but, vocal tension? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But the fact that you were like so hyper aware of it and knew exactly, like you immediately were like, I'm not talking from a diaphragm. And I was like, yes, yes, that's great. Because normally I have to deal with, not I have to deal with, but like we have to go through the step with an actor of like, Oh, they don't even know why they're losing their voice. Yeah. Their voice is going and they think they're sick or their voice is going and that like, they just don't get it. Like you knew and let's, you knew, let's talk about, oops, I hit the microphone. Let's talk about the being sick thing for a second, because Mm. the worst part of this whole thing, because it, it persisted throughout the rest of the weekend, just me struggling with keeping my voice making noises. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, it just sounds like I'm giggling at my own joke. <laughs> She's giggling and coughing. She's gig- <laughs> so giggoffing. Giggoffing. Um, giggling? Giggling. A lot of ways we can do that. Yeah. Um, no, so it, I felt so embarrassed about the fact that I'm losing my voice because mm. I aken it to when someone shows up to practice for sports on the first day and they're out of shape. If you're out of shape and you run a lot of sprints, you'll feel nauseous and you might throw up. And so there was always that one person on the team who's like, I feel sick. I'm sick. Oh. And they're throwing up. They like want this sympathy. And it's like, no, you, you did this to yourself. Yeah. You weren't prepared. You're out of shape. Right. Like, I don't feel bad for you because you could have prevented this. So I'm sitting there. I was like, I'm this person. Everyone's thinking, <laughs> well, you're an ignorant idiot. You speak from your diaphragm or do whatever warm ups. Like, you, there are 100 things you could have done to prevent this. Did just, you warm up on Friday? Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah. I. I, I probably don't do it well enough. I, I don't know. Oh, e- no, either I mean, way, like there, I could have probably trained my vocal things, diaphragm and other parts better. So it was just that thing of people are, are you sick? Are you guys like, no, I don't give me any sympathy. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm aware yeah. and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's an awareness more than anything, I'm glad you used that word. It's an awareness more than anything that's going to help. Was it better on Saturday? I really don't know. I, I was trying really hard. And what I realized is I think a lot of times maybe I thought I was talking for my diaphragm. I was just talking lower. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, It's It's hard. I, I feel like talking from the diaphragm is like me walking into the theater and someone saying, actors don't walk with their feet. But, well, what else do I walk with? I only have feet. <laughs> They're like, actors don't talk with their throat. What are you saying to me? That's, mm-hmm. that's, it can't be real. Right. There's no other option. Right. I, I really feel like that. I, people will say, well, if you do this, then that means it's working. I just trust, okay, I'll breathe in this way and hope that it's working. Mm-hmm. I, it's not at all a natural thing to me. And, uh, but you can tell the difference as to when you're on your voice and when you're not, right? 
at times. Meaning the feeling, the tension in your throat. Yes. But what's hard is when I was doing kind of a character voice, Uh I felt like like, the R or or like, especially trying to be a bit more masculine since the character I played was a man. And, and I wasn't trying to convince anyone I was a man, but just trying to edge toward masculinity. I think that made it even harder for me and probably blurred the lines of when it just sounded so different that I just couldn't tell. (laughs) So what I think you're talking about is placement because here's the thing. When I say on your voice, I mean, we're not having any discomfort or tension in the vocal cords because I can talk down here and then I can be like, Oh my God, did you hear what happened today at the mall? And my voice goes all the way up here. Both of those notes are within Morgan's register, right? Yeah. So, but neither were in your throat. Correct. Um. I'm not hurting at all. I've placed them there. I'm on my voice. Meaning when your vocal cords, in order to make sound, your vocal cords, ha- I'm like making this motion with my hands. They have to like flap together yeah. and the air passes through them as they flap together. When you're having tension in your vocal cords, it's like you're forcing, trying to force them to flap together when really all that needs to happen is the air needs to pass over and through them. Mm, It's an allowing instead of a pushing. Yeah. And for me, um, and, and I tell my students this all the time, this is the God's honest truth. I did not speak in my real voice on stage until I was at least 24 or 25 years old. I would come off stage and feel like it was supposed to be normal for you, for your throat to hurt when you came off stage. Yeah. Because I would go on stage and I would talk in this voice that wasn't me. And yes, Morgan's voice can go up there, but I was placing it like in my throat and it was, it would hurt. It would hurt me. And it wasn't until I got into, and here's the other thing, Lindsay, like you have to give yourself a break. I know I say that a lot, but like truly, I, I it took me going to school a second time for theater. It took me going to grad school to like overcome that habit. So yeah. vocal tension is something literally that every single actor deals with. There, now you are understanding in a really real way why we do these warmups, yeah. why we try to visualize certain things and trying to get our voice in the right place. Cause it matters. And it, um, it can really hurt you in a performance if you're not careful, but here's the thing. I think you were able to, I think you've developed enough good habits that you were able to make it through. And I think still feel successful about what you did. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I thought, Oh, I wish Morgan could have come to this other performance. Cause I, I, I was telling Kyle, I, I feel like I just want you to come see that I try so hard to do what you teach me in, in a way. I saw it all, Lindsay. Just, but you know what I mean? It's like, I want you to see that I listen to you and I try so hard. And it's like, I, I went and I drew this thing at school. I came back. I'm like, mom, look at it. I, I made it for it. you. I, I made it for oh you. <laughs> you did incredible. You listened to everything. Here's the, it all came through. <laughs> She's, she's dying over there. Sorry. It all came through, Lindsay. It really did. Like, I was so impressed. I have to, I'm gonna, I've been saving this little gem of a story and I'm going to tell you now because it can kind of segue maybe into some of my thoughts about the show. Um, I was at a meeting last week. This is last week before I had seen the show. Um, and I was in a meeting with a lot of, uh, senior staff at NTPA where I work and our CEO and. Uh, several of them had seen the show already. And we were also having another conversation about 
potentially bringing some new people into the theater to hire for um, our youth, our youth area and how we needed to bring some people in. And um, all of a sudden my, my CEO turns to me and goes, what about Lindsay? She, we should bring her in as a teacher. Doesn't she, doesn't she have a background and she's been doing theater, right? I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going to be so flattered. I was like, this is literally her second play. Peter, like the Star Country is her second play. And she works for a, another uh, corporate America. Like she, she doesn't even do theater. Theater is her hobby. And he was like, he was sincerely blown away. He said, I, I, I would never, ever have known. He truly thought you were a professional that had gone to school for theater and wanted to bring you to work for us to hire you to teach children. That in makes theater. me so happy. It was great. It's truly parents everywhere. Shudder. <laughs> no. <laughs> All my students right now are like, yeah, please bring Lindsay in. Um, so I, I've been waiting to tell you that. Cause like it, it really, truly like people were, could not believe there's no way they were like, there's no way this is only her second play ever. Um, and so your stage presence, your ability to hold your own on a thrust um, yes, your ability to be comfortable with that. You're, I definitely saw a lot of tax tactics and actions being played. I saw you pursuing an intention. I saw a lot of character choices. I saw regardless of the vocal tension, at least you made choices, right? Mm -hmm. You made some amazing vocal choices. You made some incredible physical choices. Y'all, she was doing lifts. She was doing stage combat. She did a (laughs) handstand at one point. I wrote handstand for exclamation marks. She came on, just went up in a handstand and picked her little legs. Um, Your energy was off the hook. I couldn't like, couldn't take my eyes off you. Well, can you ever? I mean, come on, but not, especially not when you're wearing this fabulous Velma Kelly black vamp wig with these hot leather pants. Oh my gosh. She's shaking her head. No, no. You were so smoking in those leather pants. I was going to say, I've never felt I more beautiful than when I was dressed as a man. You were hot. And this long... Even the mustache, I was, I would look in the mirror and think, it was It slick. works. It was it works. shiny. <laughs> she had this stash. She had this hat. She had this long... Okay, honey, we were doing a long brocade, deep red coat... It was glorious. I just want to wear the costume every day to work. Is that your costume? Like you Ryan, own it now? No, Ryan did it. Oh, yeah. Ryan put it together. Ryan is amazing at costume design everything. So he did all the costuming. <coughs> um, everyone should follow. Yeah, Ryan on Instagram. He's he's constantly posting his looks. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I, if I could remember. And I correctly. told him, you know, you see the costumes up close, and you think these are really neat and these are cool and they're fun. Yeah. But when I would see photos, a photographer came and shot the show. Uh huh. And and my friend too did the illegal videos. Uh-huh. Uh, but like when you see them on stage with the lighting and everything, I be they are they're beautiful. They're yep. gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it all beautiful fits. Taste. Like you can see that it mm-hmm. it is all a piece of a whole. It's as, all in the same play, as we say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But I. I, I was just so impressed. It's not that I didn't think it was good at it. I was just taken aback because you, you only see one angle when you're mm-hmm. wearing it. And when you're so close to it, you step mm-hmm. back, you see all the colors and lights. No, and I really everything. appreciated the costume design. It uh, was amazing. We talked a little bit about this last week. No, was it this week or last week? The hand chop off? <laughs> it was this week. You guys, that scene, I really can't with the scene where she chops her hand off. Like, I can you get Scott to send us that? Like, I, I yeah, really want to post it. <laughs> um, I also, I, I can't believe I did this. 
I am going to confess to it right now. Um, if the theater gods want to strike me down, I'm here. I- I'm sorry, Dionysus. Um, he's the god of, you know, original god of theater. But oh, I did film a little blurb of your show. No! Yes. Morgan! I filmed a little blurb. You I, bad girl! I know, because I couldn't. I feel, I couldn't <laughs> help it. I was dead. I filmed the very end of The Mermaid song. <laughs> just like, you can still see people's heads. Like, you can just barely see you guys. But I was just dying. Maybe we'll post a couple, a couple of teensy-tinesy little blurbs from the show this so week funny. so people can see. But I just, yeah, I was so impressed with you, Lindsay. I mean, it was just... I was really, 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 really proud. Thank you. I really liked the show. Um, I thought the cast was really strong. I liked the live music elements. I mm-hmm. thought the set was really minimal, but yet incredibly important. And all the important pieces that needed to be there were there. Lots of trunks, lots of yeah. ship, shipyards. Yeah, yeah, ropes. And yeah. Um, they had these... Uh, the the set designer, shout out to Joe Alamares, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She, she rigged up these really cool footlights around the perimeter of the thrust space that, and, and they had shell frames. They looked like those old vaudeville footlights, but they were encased in like shell seashells. Um, it was really, really neat. The lighting was incredible. Again, shout out to Andrew, make peace for the lighting. The, The moving lights were really neat. I loved the lifts, all the lifts and the things you guys did with your bodies to create pals, planes, angles, and levels with your body. Because as we said, there was not a set and very little furniture. Mm -hmm. I I was the furniture. Yeah. Oh, people were the furniture. I forgot to tell you about the most important role I played Mm. in this. So as you know, I learned that dance captains are a thing in Mamma Mia. Mm Mm-hmm. And Peter and the Starcatcher, I learned that fight captains are a thing. Yes, and honey. due to the fact that I play both a bench and a bed, <laughs> I decided to create for myself the role of furniture captain. Oh, yes. Crucial. So I would hold furniture call, where I would stand on all fours and be a bench and then be a table. <laughs> and I think it was crucial to the play's success. Mm-hmm. You know, without the focus that the furniture brought sure. in those moments to prepare for the onstage you know, battle that it's, it's a long time. I sit mm-hmm. there, you know, the stamina it takes in your arms and legs without the furniture, we would fall. Where would Mrs. Bum break sit? I ask she you would fall. Exactly. Literally. <laughs> That's how she, gravity works. Yeah. She would fall to the ground. Um, so yes, congratulations on your, on your Thank furniture you. captain Thank position. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, I mean, I, yeah, the show was great. The show is fabulous. Let's ask this question because we talked about this a little earlier. What's next for Ooh. you? Well, before we go there, I have okay. one other thing. Oh, please. I wanted to say that I really enjoyed, uh, on, on the very last day, we, ha- we had our two doshe. Yes. And before um, before the first show, Ryan kind of got everyone together and as in pep talk fashion. He, he said that as an artist, he's always looking for two things, space and opportunity. He said, you have this space and you have an opportunity so don't squander the opportunity to move an audience. Mm. And I loved that. Yeah. I again, we talked about this. Yeah. I love pep talks. Yeah. I love I love anything that gets me going like don't that. Don't waste an opportunity to move an audience. Yeah, I, I thought I that was that. so beautiful because that's it's one hundred percent what it's a we're privilege. here to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not a right. It's a privilege to be able to get up here. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before. I've invited 
exponentially more people to these theater shows than I ever have to improv. Mm -hmm. And not because I don't care about improv, but it's, you put so much work into a theater show. Yeah. I want, I want people to see it. And with improv, I say, Hey, if you're interested, please come. But I don't, I don't stalk you in the way that I described last week. Um, so I, I just, it really motivated me that day. I, was, I love like, that. This is going to be a great day. This is it. And, like, and he yeah. was essentially saying, you know, like, don't leave anything left to be done. To G- chance. Give it, give it all. Yeah. And sports analogy time. Yeah. Because I'm a loser, I, uh, I would tape things on my locker that I thought like, my, in the locker room mm-hmm. that I would read every day for inspiration. <laughs> sure. <laughs> on the court. Cause I'm cool. And one of the things I had the whole time I was in college um, it was just, it was a piece of tape that said, give everything, no regrets. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like all growing up, I would meet people, they're older, they had stopped playing already and they'd say, man, I wish I would have, um, like worked harder on this specific skill in my game. I think it, I could have been so much better if I did that, man, I wish I would have tried harder. Just all these regrets of, I wish yeah. I would have, I wish I would have. I thought I never want to be that person. I never want to be older and looking back and thinking, if only I tried harder, mm-hmm. what could have happened? What could have, right? Yeah. So that, because I feel like we never regret the big moments. Like when you're on stage doing something or in my sports example, when you're in the game in the last minute, you're going to be trying as hard as you can. It's all the little moments every day mm-hmm. leading up to it that th- those are the ones that you squander because you think they're less important. Yep. You're so, right. So I loved it because it was right in that same vein of don't let go of this moment right before you've worked so hard. It's last show, the last day we're tired. It's been a long week. Some of us, we won't say who are losing our voices, Mm -hmm. but, um, don't, this is why we do it. We do Mm -hmm. it so we can tell a story to an audience Mm -hmm. and let them feel something, whether it's humor or other types of emotions. We, this is what it's for. And I was just, yeah, let's go. (laughs) And, and I loved it. And I'll, to piggyback on that, I mean, nothing gold can stay. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything passes, especially theater. That's the thing about theater that is so magical and so bittersweet at times that it's going to end. Mm-hmm. You only have finite number of times left to do this. There's yeah. only so many people that are going to get to see it. Yeah. Some people have seen it, you know, especially with, with my line of work, it's a lot of parents seeing the show several times and sometimes, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, some of these parents have seen it, but there are some people in the audience, most of the people who have never seen this before and yeah. have no idea what this is about. And we get to tell and it And you yeah. get to tell it to them. Yes. I love that. That's what a way to, what a way to send you guys off into the sunset with a great show. I mean, good yeah. job, Ryan. He's it- gotten so many well-deserved shout outs because it sounds like he just really led a fantastic process for you guys. So yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that cause I was Incredible. super inspired. And then, um, going back to something we've talked about a few times about, mm-hmm. um, actor brain and character brain. Yeah. And you can only really let actor brain or like character brain take over when, when like you've got it. And yes, I felt like and we, we talked last week about, how the show was a bit st- stressful fun versus mm-hmm. lighthearted, flippant fun. Because I have Mamma Mia, one prop, four lines. This right. show, four million props, 100 hours mm-hmm. of lines. Mm-hmm. Um, just more stressful because I didn't want to mess things up. Mm-hmm. Um, by the very last show, maybe it's because I knew there were no other shows, less opportunities to mess up. Um, 
I, I felt like I was there, like in the, yes. and it coincided with like funny things that you can't plan as far as mm-hmm. in the last scene when my hand is chopped off, my mustache was one half Ow. completely off. So like waving in my breath ah. as I talk. <laughs> and so Peter reached out to try to fix it for me. The audience laughed. I got mad at him for it. And then we're just like using that as a Playing. bit the rest of the show. Yeah. And I used my little fake hand to like. T- tap it down. Ah. Just like <laughs> it was just fun, That's but those great. are the kind of things you don't plan for. Like, no, it's like, hey guys, I'll put less glue on, and maybe it'll start coming off. Like that just happens, mm-hmm. and you deal with it. And we got to just mess with each other, trying to make everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun thing to play in. Um, so I was like, I wish I could have gotten there sooner. Like right. I, and I'm like, I don't know how I could have done it because I feel like I, I tried so hard to prepare for everything leading up to it. Because it's like I wish I could have been playing in it that whole time. And not that I feel like every other performance was terrible. I right. I felt like I gave it my all each time. I have no regrets. Um, but it's like, ah, like I wish it would have clicked sooner. Like, for other people, it probably did. Right. But in, in theater, in, uh, uh, in, sorry, in tech week, that's when it's all clicking. And then they get there. I was like, I was delayed in getting there. And not necessarily a sports analogy for you, but one that I think is funny. So I'm going to say it. Um, you know that I like to ride my bike. Mm-hmm. And if you're around McKinney, you probably noticed there are a lot of these biker gangs. Yes. Like, really fit individuals just speeding by, mm-hmm. driving faster than my car. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're do? going yes. in, in unison as a group. Yes. Matching shirts. Yep. Helmets, um, of course. So sometimes when I'm riding my bike, one of these groups will pass me. Mm-hmm. And for a, a moment, I like to just pedal as hard as I can at the end to be like, mm-hmm. I look like I'm one of them. Yeah. These three cars passing by think I'm cool and I'm one of them. <laughs> And that's how I felt this whole show as far as I'm pedaling so hard to just look like I belong here for a second. So that way, like when the car passes and they turn the corner, then I can breathe and be like, I'm exhausted. But I looked like I belonged for that, for that five seconds. Of course, you did look like you belonged (laughs) and you certainly do. You belong. But anyway, that whole point being, I feel like I got to that point. I just, Mm -hmm. like, I wish it would have been sooner. Well, and that, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but (laughs) that comes with doing more shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, your process will tighten up. You'll get there. You'll get there. And again, this was such a huge chunk for you to bite off, especially it being your second show. I think a lot of it was just you getting used to playing a lead. It's a, it's a very different, uh, skill set. You have to uh, learning how to be a good ensemble member is a very important skill set, but also learning how to be a lead is a very different yeah. ball game. Sorry for the uh, uh, sports. Never time, apologize for but sports. It's time. true. It is a different ball game. I mean, it's a different skill set. So just kind of go on your e- on your go easy on yourself in that it's like you were being faced with a bunch of new in the world of theater. Even yeah, like the thrust space to. I mean, some of my students, it takes them several shows to feel like truly comfortable playing on a thrust. Yeah. So, but I was just very, very proud of you. I thought it was super dynamic. Thank you. Lots of fun, fast paced, funny. Um, so congratulations to you and Ryan and to the whole cast. Thank you. It was you. awesome. You're welcome. Um, anything else you want to say about the show or the oh, cast? Oh, I wrote, I wrote on group Snapchat. <laughs> Mm. So we talked last. Ladies show. and gentlemen, she's been on social media and has incognito. Incognito. I pre- previously used it just to send photos to my 
brother that we thought were funny because before when you'd send actual photos it clogs up your memory mm-hmm. so we're like if you use this it disappears and we can send each other stupid stuff oh all the time oh my gosh you mean like your family you yep. guys would have a okay. just my brother <laughs> awesome anyway i'm cool so that's why you have a snapchat account yes so that's why it exists um but i have several i have several snapchat group chats okay now. okay i've i've got a lot of friends 46 okay. of them in fact um but so they we had a group Snapchat that was really fun. It like helped us connect and get to know everyone. But you'll remember from the last show that one of the things I like to do in my life is pick a song for something that I'm doing yes. to attach my memories to because it's a fun little time capsule. Mm-hmm. So the song for this time is by Lizzo, and it's yes. called "Blame It on the Juice." And the so the cast chose this song. Everyone like listened to it, and it was our curtain call song. And this song is fitting because <laughs> when they started singing it, I did not understand it. And the, and it it is fitting because on Snapchat, Morgan, mm-hmm. I did not understand so many of the words they would say, like slang. And Morgan, this is what being old is. It's getting no. on social media and being confused. <laughs> because I'd scroll through and think, maybe these are inside uh... jokes that I am just not a part of because I wasn't there at the time. They were discussing it, and then I would, (laughs) I don't even know, abbreviations for things I didn't know it meant, and then I texted everyone day, I said, do you understand what's happening in Snapchat? And she said, no, I'm kind of lost right now. But then she responded, like, three minutes later and said something I didn't get. I was like, well, clearly you understand more than me. What was it like? I I just don't know. Like, they were just kind of riffing, just having fun with each other, and I, I just... Didn't get the pop culture references. I was, oh, I was very good. I've been there. I'm telling so you. I, it's real. I feel like real. I now understand the Lizzo song. But the first time it was playing, they're all singing. I just was, what's happening? You didn't get it. I, I didn't. You were lost. I, yeah. So I felt like that, that will come back to me each time I listen but to it. But now, that's what I was going to say. Now that you listen to the song, it's going to be not only the show, but now your, your pop culture yes. ineptitude. An inside joke with myself. We love that. Yes. Speaking of, I think it's a great time for a commercial break. And Morgan, you, you may not be aware that we're now sponsored. Oh my God. So what's happening? So, you know, on Saturday Night Live, when people will do, or people, they, they'll make fake commercials, uh-huh. but they'll play them like they're real uh-huh. commercials. I find this to be entertaining. I love it. So one of the days when David was helping me, David, who plays Mrs. Bumbreak and teacher. Yes. Um, he was helping me work on my diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And so what we would do is we'd stand on opposite sides of the theater and throw our voices to the wall. And I would ask him about his day. And we'd talk about it. And one of the days he mentioned that he had had a Coke and beca- like a Coca-Cola. And because we think we're hilarious we created a commercial for coca-cola while during our warm-up and we decided you know originally we imagine as a national ad campaign commercials posters worldwide god okay um, but we adapted it for for audio of course yes and i realized this whole minute has been taken up for me and david she's gonna play it but for we us live. we wanted this so we're making you listen i'm ready we're all the world's ready for your Coca-Cola okay, jingle. I'm going to turn it up. Man, I'm so tired and thirsty after a long show. What about you, David? How do I'm you feel? So, I am so tired, Lindsay. Oh. It's been exhausting. Oh, oh my gosh. Where'd you get that? Coke? It's over there. Shh. <laughs> 
it's gold, right? Coke is probably going to be calling us, offering us millions of dollars for the rights to this idea. Uh, sure. I, my jaw yeah. is oh, agape. Did you notice I'm not the sure twisting what to make. sign? I wonder. The twisting sign? That's actually a Coke bottle being opened. You opened it live. That's yes, a live sound You could sound hear the freshness. There. Wow. I was wondering if you made that with your mouth. That was pretty Im- impressive. I should have let you believe that. No. You guys have a future in audio jingle recording. Thank you. I and think. I give you and Caesar full right to cut this from, from that episode. Of course not. We never would. It was shout just out fun to David. <laughs> and shout out to fun warm ups. Because we, we thought it's just the most applicable catchphrase. It's over there. You're at a football game, where's Coke? It's over there. I'm in the mall, where can I get a Coke? It's over there. It's always over there. It's always over there. It just works everywhere. It's always over there. Anyway. Good job, David. I'm, I'm done. Thank you for helping <laughs> Lindsay retain her humor, sanity, and voice. <laughs> we love when you crack yourself up over there. Oh, it's so funny. Let's do some Q&A, shall we? Let's do it. All right. We'll do a few Q&A. We did uh, some last week. We will do a couple this week. Let's see. First question is, we're going to start again with Miss Michelle Garcia. She sent in two great ones, so we'll start with her today. Michelle asks, Lindsay... What is the biggest thing you have learned from theater so far? Thank you for asking, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And and Morgan, thank you for reading it. Sure. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we we knew we would have a reflection episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know Morgan's going to want me to have an idea <laughs> yep. of, of something to apply. But, yep, but it, you got it. But it came to me really easily because I think the biggest thing is the value of being unique. Mm. And I mean that everywhere you're like we're unique individuals there's you're the only one who's like you Mm -hmm. all those t-shirts um but i think of the times that i'm at work and i'm certain situations and my opinion is my opinion based on my experiences the things i have learned the things i have done Mm -hmm. and it creates my perspective and Mm -hmm. that is valuable when put together with other people with different perspectives and it helps us get to something better that we could achieve on our own Mm -hmm. and then in theater i feel the same way because you come out, you make choices as a character mm-hmm. and my choices are different than what your choices would be. They're different than what the director would do, sure. but we all collaborate and we make something together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there were a lot of times where maybe my inclination would be to try to match what someone else was doing or, oh, yeah. or if I had seen, uh, or if I watched the scene online and be like, Oh, that's how this is played. But, but what would I do? <laughs> this, right. this is my scene. This is and, mine. Yeah. And, and we can change it. It's mm-hmm. it's a first run through. It's a rehearsal. And so the, the fearlessness, <laughs> whether or not it's real, choosing to be fearless yeah. and choosing to allow yourself to be unique mm-hmm. because. Yeah. Because uh, that's what you bring to the table. Yeah, exactly. Your own flavor. I love that. That's a good get. Wow. You Thanks. went deep. <laughs> Thanks that's for asking, good. Michelle. Uh, yeah, Michelle, thank you for asking because that was a good a good answer there. Um, next question. Hmm, I'm gonna save that one here for a second. I'm gonna ask you that one in a second. For right now, um, let's ask. No, I think this is a good one. What was it like? Uh, Dylan T. Marshall, two thousand one, asks. What was it like bringing such an iconic character, meaning Stash, Black Stash, to life, but also adding your own spin to it? So when I researched the play, mm-hmm. I I found a few videos online, but I I didn't I don't think I saw one with Black Stash in it, or if I did, I hadn't yet identified who it was because okay. I was 
I was just looking. I wasn't sure if it was the Broadway cast or not. You know, you're skimming through right. videos you find. And when I was offered the role, I remember thinking, because I, I was just looking for plot. Like, help me understand yeah, the plot. Who's who? I hadn't seen the play who's yet. Who's who and what happens? Yeah. So then when I got the role, I was thinking, oh, should I try to go look up a lot of things and see mm-hmm. what this person does? And I, and I don't know if this is the right call or not. And you, I, I would love to hear your opinion, but it's what I did. I just thought I, I don't want to know because yeah. there's, there's so much room for interpretation. I want to approach this just reading the words and, and making choices. That's great. And maybe it's the improviser in me that's, I want to do it my way. No, I love that. <laughs> I just, just want to wing it. I'm glad it. you did. No, um, not wing it. And then I did look up a few things. Maybe it may have been tech week after I felt really established in the choices mm-hmm. I was making. And it was more out of curiosity. I was like, mm-hmm. how do they do this? Or how did they do this one thing? Um, but I, I, at that point, I felt like I was already in a place where I I didn't feel like I was going to be influenced. Because I, I think also I didn't want to look like I was just copying what I had seen. Mm-hmm. So, like, letting it just truly come from within. Um, and I think maybe because I didn't grow up in the theater world, I didn't feel pressure as far as I need to be something mm. or be someone. Good. Like, and I think... That's great. I think that was probably helpful... And also just the support of Ryan and the cast to yeah. to let let you be different. Mm-hmm. And and Ryan's funny because he's like, if you've ever seen it in the show, I don't want it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just got like, I want you to be original. Um, so I think that that attitude also helped mm-hmm. um, to have that support yeah, from yeah. your director. Yeah. Well, that's great. I love that answer. It, but see, here's the thing: it was still iconic Blackstash. Yeah. You put your own spin on it because here's the thing: the play is so well written. That the characters in the play, I mean, you didn't need to watch anybody else. It was your own unique spin, and it was, it it had the embodiment of everyone who plays Black Stash. Yeah. Somehow grasps that little kernel of sameness. Stashness. You know, stashness. (laughs) That little hair of mustache. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it was just choosing not to feel the pressure, I guess. I love that. Yeah. That's good. And and being okay with it, not meeting some people's expectations. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've talked about this some... Uh, I I went to see Hamilton when it came through mm-hmm. Dallas, and I went with a friend who she was really let down about one particular song. She's like, I just you know I love the way the original cast sang it, and I thought, but that's live theater. Like mm-hmm. these actors chose to do it a different way, and and it was beautiful in its own right. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different mindset of wanting it to be just how it always is, and like being open minded to a new show. So it's like there are some people who want it to be this way, and. You just can't please everyone. You have to. Well, and what's crazy? Yeah, I sort of interrupt on that one. But (laughs) what's crazy is most Broadway actors. I've heard several interviews with some of them that they talk about the Broadway cast recording, how it just got captured in the can that one day. That wasn't how they always sang it at every show. That was just how they sang it that day in the booth. That day that they recorded it then becomes this iconic way that everyone is used to hearing the song. And you're like, we never actually performed it that way. Yeah, the cast (laughs) will tell you, like, well, that riff was never the same every night. But it was sounded like this on the recording, and so that became the way the riff was for everyone, you know? Um, It's... Just just like anything else, they were just recording it on that one day, and it's live theater, and it's different, and should be different every single time. That's what makes it fun, mm-hmm. like, as an audience member and everything. Sure. Because, you know, the audience laughs at a different joke, and it creates a different energy. Yep. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for live performances. It's its own thing. It's its own <laughs> I'm cre- creative little beast every night. Yeah. Um, okay, Thanks, cool. Thanks, Dylan T. Marshall. Yeah, that was a good question, Dylan. 
Um, this is an interesting question. This is from Shri. What's up, Shri Ramesh? Um, shout out to you. I think this is one of us, one both of us could take. What was your career goal as a child and how has it changed today? Ooh. I don't know if you want to take that one. You're, you're, you don't have a career in the theater, but. No. So as, as a wee little child, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should surprise no one. Um, as I got a bit older and realized that wasn't necessarily in the cards for me, um, I, I always knew I'd wanted basketball to just be a season of my life. I I didn't want to go into coaching. Um, and I, I thought, I really thought at this point in my life, I'd be living not in America, like Mm -hmm. working in some type of social work. Peace Corps. Yeah. 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 But, um, just like everyone tells you when you're in school, Oh, you study one thing, but something will happen. Experiences will change you and you'll find you are interested or talented in this way. And, your life will have a different trajectory. You can't yep. plan it all out. Nope. That's 100% what happened to me. <laughs> like yep. you, you take a job and you discover, hey, I, I'm really passionate thing. about yeah. this thing and I'm good at this. And, oh, those two things work together if I move to this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I learned to just be open to the improv of life <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as I don't even know if what I'm doing now will be what I'm doing 20 years from now. And I'm okay with that because I'm, like, I've learned to value more themes that I want out of a career mm-hmm. versus specific things instead mm-hmm. of I want to be a blank like I want to do work that feels purposeful I want to work for a company that values X things like more kind of types of work that I'm interested in versus a specific thing but that that's just me <laughs> no I love that it's more of a <coughs> like how, a life theory yeah thing. how you want to do it more than what you want to do yeah kind of I thing like that. Uh, for me I think I touched on this a little bit last episode it, for me, it was a very unexpected trajectory of heading from performance into directing. And it's one that I do not regret <laughs> in the least. Um, it's been so fulfilling for me to be able to, to move, um, into that realm of it. And it seems just a lot more natural and kind of like where I felt like I maybe should have been, um, from the get go, like all my, all the signs point to, like, I always wanted to be an actor, but yet I was staging and orchestrating and choreographing all the neighborhood shows. Like when we were little kids, like I was making, I was directing, like from the time I was little bitty, <laughs> I um, that. I was, you know, choreographing. I was, I missed all the signs. I loved, loved, loved the directing classes I took in, in college. Um, and I've always just kind of been a leader. Um, and so my career goal as a child was to be in the theater, and I feel like it hasn't changed in that way. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, cool. Thanks, Shree. I will I will bookend this mm-hmm. with something uh, a mentor of mine used to always say, and she had it actually at in college. You know how people have signatures, and then sometimes they'll have quotes under mm-hmm. their signature? Mm-hmm. She was one of those. Um, but the quote was, never confuse having a career for having a life. Yeah. And it was the kind of thing you roll your eyes at when you're in college. Like, oh, it sounds so lame. But as I get older, you see it. You see people mm-hmm. who build their whole lives around a career, around an idea, and it becomes your identity and who you are. And I think it's healthy to uh, not be one thing, to to truly have a life outside of work and live for more, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> Wise words. Uh, this next question, we have two questions left. This next one is really interesting to me. And it's kind of a two-parter. It's from Ryder Houston. Hi, Ryder. Hi, Ryder. Shout out. Um, He wants to know my biggest common staging regrets after a show closes. 
versus my biggest staging wins. Nice. I know. Um, he says examples, i.e. the most common things that make me crazy that I didn't fix. And then things that I'm really, really glad that I did. So it's, it's a two parter. So as for things, uh, regrets after closing a show, well, first of all, I'm going to be that cheesy person that says, I don't believe in regret. I believe everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, love it. I believe that everything <clears throat> is, is meant to happen for, for me to learn what I needed to learn in that time so that I could move on to the next thing in my journey. So while I will, Caesar, my boyfriend will tell you, I will watch performance videos of my shows and I will, it will bring back that exact performance. I'll remember exactly everything that happened. I'll be able to tell you all the things that went wrong and I'll watch (laughs) the video and I'll be like, ah, that one thing, like, dang it. I wish we could have just nailed that one transition. Like I'm constantly, I still have notes (laughs) always. I still have notes at the same time. Um, I needed to learn all those things to make me better for the next show. So all of that said, uh, the biggest practical thing that I can say as a director that has helped me have fewer regrets in my staging is formation checks. And that is a really practical, simple thing that uh, took my shows from being like a six and a half, seven to like an eight and a half, nine on a, like on a, like my personal little one to 10 scale, because it just, just going, because especially in youth theater, when you have double cast and conflicts, you may not have the same cast every night. You have a different cast, potentially every performance. Yeah. And so literally going through the formations, making sure you know where you're standing, that you're in your window, that your spacing is correct. Maybe not for every single number and every single song, but for the ones that are tricky for people, like for Mamma Mia, we did voulez-vous formation check every night just to make sure that we all knew what was going on. That was one thing, little practical thing that once I started implementing those <coughs> into my shows, um, I noticed a huge, huge difference um, in, in the overall, just, I guess, it looking clean at the end. Um, so that's that's that part. The thing that I would count as a win when he says my biggest staging wins, uh, things that I'm glad I did, that's going to get into a little bit more of a personal side. I'm really most proud of myself as a director when I feel like my students feel like I've seen them, like really seen them and that I celebrate them as well as push them hard and that Mm -hmm. the positive reinforcement and the love is just as much as as the discipline yeah. um, and the high expectations. Where I feel like I've fallen short, and I don't want to say regret, but the shows where I feel like I fell short were where I let my expectation of the show outweigh them feeling like I knew, I, like they knew I was proud of them. Yeah, you know. And so I feel like the biggest wins are where I can, I can do both and where I can give that positive reinforcement and encouragement yet also hold them to a high standard, push them, make them, you know, hold themselves accountable and have a high level of discipline yet at the same time when they fall or don't have a perfect show or something goes wrong on stage, that's completely beyond their control. I'm there to pick them up 
in the wings when they fall. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be heartless. I know the difference. I love, I, I want them to know how much I care about them and love them as well as push them. So, um, that's the answer to that. Thanks Ryder for getting all deep on us. I deserve a medal for not coughing during that. Cause I was like, this is good stuff. I can't ruin it. Oh gosh. Thanks for holding on. Silently dying. We're going to close off with, um, a two parter. It's two different questions, but I feel like they're kind of the same. Um, Keegan asks, and I'll let, I'll let Lindsay take the, take the first question and I'll take the second because they're kind of related. So Keegan asks, any advice, Lindsay, for younger actor, actresses? What do you have out there for your fellow rookies? I would probably say not to be paralyzed by your insecurities. Ooh, good. I, I think that's a thing when I look back on life that held me back in a lot of areas as mm-hmm. I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have shed them sooner. Mm-hmm. And so many times I'll, I'll meet a young person yeah. and they, they're bustling with confidence. I just think if only I could, you got there a decade ahead of me. Yeah. I wish I could. Have oh, been there. I feel like that all the time. Yeah. I, and yes. I just think good for you. You're yep. going to make it in this world. If only I had what you have now. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that old person that feels like that, yeah, but cause, it's true. Cause we all have insecurities and we all have, uh, things we don't think we're good at, but mm-hmm. choosing to believe that, you know, putting forth the effort, believing in the process yep. and the, all the other things we keep saying, <laughs> I feel like repetition. I, we can count how many times we say the words insecurities. <laughs> I know, but it, it's universal. It comes out in yeah, everyone. Cause I, I think, uh, not only on stage has that helped me overcome hurdles just in life in general. And, you know, we talk about how theater applies to life all the time. Mm-hmm. The, the sooner you can, and, and they may not go away. We all have insecurities that will stay with us. But if mm-hmm. you can learn to move forward in spite of them, yes. I think that's a skill you'll keep with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then um, piggybacking off of that, the final question that Elena Meilinger asks is, what is your advice for someone wanting to act for a living? Um and so that, that kind of segues from the young, young actors and actresses, um, embracing their insecurities and, and like you said, feeling comfortable moving forward in spite of them. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, for those of y'all wanting to pursue this as a career path, that piece of advice coupled with hard work, I, I know that sounds like a given, but like theater is a really competitive industry and that goes without saying you have to be willing to, it's not about talent. It's not (laughs) about looks. You have to be willing to work harder, um, and be a person that people want to work with, um, work hard and be positive, be a positive light in the room and be a person that people want to hire back because that, that whole, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, is it really, there is a a kernel of truth to that in theater. People hire who they want to work with, just like in any other job and any other career, they want to surround themselves with people that they enjoy being around. And so be that person be, um, I had someone tell me one time, um, directors love actors who make their job easy, Mm -hmm. you know, try and not make, try and not be the director's problem. Make, make their job easy. Um, and then the final piece to that is I will say, uh, you know, there's lots of different schools of thought about this, but I, and I only know my own experience, but I would say get trained. 
um, if you want to do this for a living and get paid for it. Um, there's a lot of people who've had a lot of success not getting formal training, meaning going to college. And I don't necessarily mean formal training. I just mean take a class, take acting classes, um, get in an acting studio. You may choose to pursue this as, as a bachelor or master's degree, which is, uh, you know, the way that I went. And I really encourage that too. But just get to class, get to an acting class, get to a training. Um, that would be my biggest uh, final piece of advice on doing this for a living because it is extremely competitive and there's a certain amount of technique out there that if you can just get some of that stuff under your belt, it's going to put you, you know, up there and ahead, uh, as far as that goes. I like that because sports analogy, one of my favorite coaches would say, uh, you, you must work smart. It's not enough mm-hmm. to work hard. You must work smart. Yep. And that means anyone can go in the gym and just half lackadaisically throw up shots. You have to be intentional with your work. You have yep. to know what your weaknesses are and pursue getting them better. And that, I think that feeds into the classes and identifying areas of opportunity for you to grow instead mm. of just showing up and going through the motions, going through the motions. being intentional about it. That's what's going to, I mean, everybody, everybody's required to show up and go through the motions. What makes one person come out ahead of the other, right? Is all those things we were talking about. So, yeah. woo. We got into it, didn't we? We did. We're we're get we are spending a lot of time in this closet today, and the heat is on, and we are we were killing it. I don't even know. I just feel I'm very sweaty, very sweaty, <laughs> very spent. Though, like we we just. We just had two great episodes, I feel like. so. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You guys know where to find us. If you have anything you want to email us or questions you want to ask for the show, please feel free to email stagerightpod at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at stagerightpod on Instagram. You can follow us, like our posts, check out our Insta story, all those kind of fun things. Thanks to everybody again who sent in their questions for the Q&A. Um, also like rate review on iTunes. It really does help us get the name of the show out there. We do have stickers. We have merch. So if you see, see Lindsay or I around and you're wanting a stage right pod sticker, please hit us up. Lindsay, you have anything else for these fine folks before thanks we head for out? listening? Yeah. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We love our fans and, uh, keep giving us a reason to, to do this. So. Don't be, don't be afraid to go out there this week and fail big. big.